0: Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 a.m. KKNW, the Saturday, June 18th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my community events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can impact your money. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly to connect you with the guests that i have on the show today please call the show at one 855 411 again that's 1-855-411-50 or you can go online to themoneyhour.com and now for the lineup for the show i have louie o'connor of strategic metals invest find out about the metals that outperform gold every year And also, if you're watching my show on my Facebook Premiere or YouTube channel, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce my engineer over at Hubbard Radio, Benny.
2: Hi, Tina. I'm feeling a little lucky today, aren't you?
1: Uh, I feel lucky every day that I'm here with you.
2: All right.
1: (laughs) I definitely could not do it without Benny. And then also, I would like to give a big shout out to my marketing director, Becky.
2: Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, Becky is a key part of this process as well. Without either one of them, this show would not exist. So thank you again to both of you. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1 855 411 1150. Again, that's 1 855 411 1150, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now let's go ahead and start out the show as I do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. The Fed's hiked rates by 75 basis points as expected, the largest hike in 28 years. Future plans depending, but planning 50 or 75 basis point hike each of the next meetings. A uh, median dot plot shows Fed funds rate at 3.4% at the end of the year, which means another 175 basis points over the remaining four meetings. This could be 75 basis points in July, 50 basis points in September, 25 basis points in November, and 25 basis point in December, or some combination of that. The Fed production projections make you wonder what planet are they on they see the unemployment rate only going up to 0.1% this year to 3.7% while the fed is under going the most aggressive hike cycle in 40 years. On gross domestic product GDP, they expect 1.7% growth this year. Meanwhile, we saw a negative 1.5 in the Q1, and Atlanta Fed just adjusted their forecast for Q2 to 0%. We also see signs all over that the economy is slowing and manufacturing is no exception. After a negative 1.2 New York Manufacturing Index report, the Philly Fed came in at a negative 3.3, the first negative reading since May of 2020. The slowdown that we are seeing are widespread and point to a recession ahead. Now, central banks bankers are scrambling to put the inflation genie back in the bottle, and the markets don't like surprise actions from the central banks. Many of the central banks have hiked following U.S. Smith Bank, surprise, 50 basis point hike, the first hike in 25 years. Brazilian Central Bank, 50 basis points, 9% this year to 12.25% boe 25 basis points taiwan 12.5 percent basis points uh united arab ermets at 75 basis points qatar 75 basis points and bahrain at 75 basis points mortgage interest rates have now hit six percent as i've stated before this is a hidden opportunity for buyers we have come out of the most competitive real estate market in history now is the time to get out there and find your home. Now that interest rates have increased, you can get your offer accepted and maybe you can even negotiate a little. Before I had buyers that had just given up on finding a home after putting 10 to maybe 20 offers on homes and never being at the chosen one. That's your money chat coming up next on the money hour. Find out about the metals that outperform gold every year. Louis O'Connor of a strategic metal invest right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
3: Ready to shake things up? Try alternative talk 1150
0: you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell on alternative talk 11:50 a.m now back to the show with local mortgage expert tina mitchell
1: you are listening to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 18th show. You can also listen to my podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my community events, please go to tinamitchelevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what my show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and, my, and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now on my show, Louis O'Connor of Strategic Metals Invest, find out about the metals that outperform gold every year right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Louis, welcome to my show.
2: Hi, Tina. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, Well, thanks to you and your team for the the lovely welcome. I'm I'm very happy to be here with you.
1: Likewise, and first time on my show, so very excited to have a conversation uh, about you and how you can help my listeners. So uh, Louis is the founder and principal of Strategic Metals Invest. Louis is also a contributing editor for Investment Intel, which is the USA's foremost authority on critical minerals and rare earth metals. Strategic Metals Invest are the only industry supplier to offer investors the opportunity to purchase, own, and profit from owning these crucial raw minerals. Louis immigrated from his home in Dublin, Ireland in 1988. He spent 10 years in West Germany working directly for BMW in sales and marketing, expanding BMW's tax-free operation to include all NATO forces throughout Europe. The role also expanded to US Navy 6th Fleet. Uh, Louis returned to you up in Europe in 2020 to create strategic metals invest so Louis the first question I would uh, love for you to answer for my listeners can you share rare earth versus gold performance numbers
2: sure sure I'll, I'll be very happy to um I'll give you the average um in total there are 17 uh, rare earth metals Tina um, but despite the name, not, a, not all of them are considered rare. Some of them can be sort of found in abundance. So there's only 10 that we consider relevant as, as physical assets. And so those 10, say for the last five years, um, the average sort of um, gains every year are about 34 to 35%. Um, some of them are actually up 70% a year, some are up 11%, but I'm just giving you the, the average number. So um, I think gold for the same period is up 58%. So gold would be up about 11% a year and strategic metals up uh, 34%. So considerable, considerable difference.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So what are rare earth metals?
2: Yeah, very good. Very good um, question. So as you mentioned, my, my company is called strategic metals Invest. And strategic metals is sort of an umbrella term for rare earth metals, and um, they're also called scientifically speaking. Some of them are in a powdered form, and they're called rare earth elements. Uh, in the US now, uh, some people are calling them technology metals because they're, you know, they're in all modern uh, devices, and you couldn't swipe your phone without indium, which, which is one of them. Um, over here in Europe we're calling some of them green metals because these are the ones that are sort of critically needed for electric cars solar power um also wind wind turbines so it's best to use one sort of umbrella term to encompass them all so strategic metals
1: yeah, and it sounds like they're uh, using things that we uh, desperately uh, need and use on a daily basis for sure. So what industries and applications use uh, rare earth metals?
2: Which, would you believe Tina? You know, just about everything, you know, but um, the obvious ones would be all modern technology, you know, all touchscreens, uh, high-speed high, um, high fiber optics, um, medical devices, Aviation uh, shields for nuclear reactors, um, the green metals, then solar power. So thin film, what they call photovoltaics. It's a new sort of generation of of solar power coming. Uh, wind turbines, electric cars they're practically just in in all parts of modern life. It's just um, like we see them and touch them every day, but like there's 12 rare earths in one smartphone. So we might not realize it, but, but they're in just about everything.
1: About everything, wow. So what country produces the most rare earths?
2: Okay, so um, 50% of the world's reserves are in China and they can be found despite the name, they sort of can be found everywhere. There's there's one facility in the US, in California mountain pass, which is producing. Now there's probably more in the US as well. I'll get back to that in a minute, but um, I mean, the reason there's such a good investment is China has, you know, in the last generation become the dominant market leader in rare earths and they're producing more than 80% of, of the rare earths. And sort of crucially as well, They're responsible for eighty-seven percent of the refining, so the the Chinese basically are dominating the market. I think that's all going to change, but it's going to take some time for that to happen.
1: Okay, and why are they profitable to own as tangible assets?
2: Okay, good good question. So, um, look, I I I also um, I'm a big fan of precious metals. You know, I have gold and silver myself, and um, I wouldn't even though. Recently, the performance of the rare earths have been better. I mean, I think rare earths can sit comfortably in a portfolio alongside gold and silver. So, having that
1: diversification.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, But what makes, I suppose, what makes rare earths very interesting is, and I'm not joking when I say this, but if all the gold in the world disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't really make a big difference. If all the rare earths disappeared, you know. These devices wouldn't exist, cars wouldn't drive, aeroplanes wouldn't fly, buildings would fall down. So they have an intrinsic value, whereas gold has an extrinsic sort of a perceived value. So because of that demand and also a soaring incremental demand in technology and solar power, um, that's why they're they're profitable.
1: Yeah. And that was one of my questions, too, because everything is based on supply, you know, and demand. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the demand.
2: Okay. So um, I suppose part of it is um, going back a little bit in history, right? In the the 1980s, the U.S. produced 60% of the world's rare earths and China was producing maybe a little over 10%. Now, why fast forward to today and China's producing more than 80% and the U.S. is has only got one production facility. So how and why did that happen? I'm not exactly sure. I don't think Europe or the US is either, but it, the reality is um, China dominates the market. And part of China's futures policy, which they, was written you know, 20, nearly 25 years ago, and it's it's no secret what the goal is, the goal says that China wants to be domestically self-sufficient in 10 different technologies by 2025. So they're very close to achieving that. And and once they do, um, they're, you know, once they have, you know, control of the supply chain, obviously the first, they'll take care of their own interests first. So what we're seeing is like last year, for example, two of our rare earths doubled in price. At the same time, China doubled their production in electric cars. So they held on to more, you know, the export quotas were reduced. So the West, both Europe and the U.S., um, you know, prices spiked, you know. That's primarily why it's because China dominates the market. Now, there are plans. Funny enough, it's funny we're talking today, Tina, because just in the last few days, if you Google, you'll see that the U.S. Department of Defense just signed a contract with a company called Linus, a mining company from Australia, to come to America and to refine rare earths because there's no facility in the US to do it. So the US uh-huh. Department of Defense is sort of weaning their dependence off China. But this won't happen overnight and in in the in the in the mean in the meanwhile investors can can profit from this, you know.
1: Yeah, so let's let's talk about the supply now and supply in the future what that looks like.
2: Okay. So um you know with this, you know the recent sort of, you know, corona or coronavirus and COVID, whatever, whatever no, I think we call it both over here. But because of that, I now if you look at the Russia Ukraine situation, we can see that supply chain is is fragile, you know, and it can be subject to disruption. Um, so there's only a certain amount sort of in the supply chain because uh, rare earths are sort of um, they're not found alone they're always a byproduct of mining another raw material like gallium for example is always found in the process of mining aluminum so it's quite complicated and expensive to mine them and refine them so there's only a sort of a limited amount in the in the supply chain and what we're seeing right now where the prices have been sort of sort of grown quite steadily is you know just use one industry for example Um, The car industry like BMW are trying to source 20 billion euros worth of raw materials for electric cars. Uh, Ford Motor Company in the US just in the last sort of six months announced the single biggest investment in their entire history, $11.4 billion in what they're calling mega campuses for electric cars. So you have this massive surge in demand. Now, it's funny, it doesn't, as you know, just... Speaking as a pure investor, it doesn't matter what you know whether you agree with climate change or you know green yeah. energy or not. The yeah. fact is, we're going through this massive transformation yeah. over the next ten years, and the raw materials that are needed for that transformation are, are rare earths. And so, you know, the the demand is really really spiking, and there's just no way. Like, just to give you an idea, gallium, uh, for example, it's 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 um its current demand is about nine times what the annual supply is. Wow. That's why gallium's up thirty-four percent this year already.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's crazy. So let's talk about because everything sounds really great, uh, but what what could go wrong? Let's let's kind of go over the pros and the cons to investing in rare earth metals.
2: Sure, sure. Um, I'd sort of cover two aspects of that, if you will the first one being who who are you doing business with and the second one what could happen in the supply the you know demand supply scenario so um we're more than actually funny enough the most important part of our business is not the investment side and, and that might seem a bit counterintuitive but i'll explain uh-huh. i'll explain it a bit more is primarily what we do like 80% of the time is we're buying raw materials from producers, mostly in China, as we've established, Mm -hmm. and we resell them to industry buyers. We've clients in more than 70 different countries. So um, if we weren't doing that, if we didn't have access to industrial grade, high value assets.
1: Oh, Louis, are you still there? Materials. Sorry, sorry, Louis. For some reason, I lost you. I'm not sure if it was my internet. That's the that's the benefit or not of being on a virtual show. I lost you there for a second. I'll go ahead.
2: Okay. So the only end buyer for these materials are industry buyers. So the most important facet of the of the investment is that you're buying from an industry an industry buyer. So we've got 30 years experience in the business. Um. And we've been doing the investment play for about 12 years in Europe. So I think it's relatively safe to say that who you're doing, obviously you have to do your due diligence. Um, but once you've done a proper thorough investigation and you're sort of armed with the with the facts, you'll find that we've been in business a long time and we're reliable and reputable metals trader. So I don't think there's any worry there. We're going out of business, you know, with the demand surging. The area where our are risk would be, let's use indium as an example Mm -hmm. indium you couldn't swipe your phone without indium now it could be possible that they'll find a better technology or maybe another metal that will perform that less expensively or more efficiently and that could make indium somewhat redundant so you might be you know um sitting on indium and all of a sudden some other metal takes its place um so that's that's one aspect of the risk Another one could be, and uh, just, you know, again, purely supply and demand, um, there could be an not necessarily an oversupply, but more uh, availability of a certain metal um, and maybe a decrease in supply at the same time would also affect the pricing. Okay. Um, but lucky, you know, f- most of the metals have uh, have uses and applications in multiple industries. So if one sort of tapers off, um, likely it'll be sort of picked up somewhere else, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, so you would look at it, you know, in owning rare earth metals, um, you consider it low risk or high risk,
2: low risk, yeah. low risk. There, there's probably a bit of a perception that, it, you know, because because people don't really know about it. But I think once proper investigation is done, uh, people will see it's 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 a low risk, low maintenance, Sort of very liquid and um, sort of lucrative investment
1: yeah well excited to continue my conversation with you uh first time i've had a uh guest in studio that represents uh, what you're doing and helping investors so coming up next on the money hour continued conversation uh talking about finding out about the metals that outperform gold every year louie o'connor of strategic metal invest right here on 11 50 am kknw
3: Want to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Let us help you produce a professionally sounding radio show or podcast. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM now back to the show with local mortgage expert tina mitchell
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW the Saturday, June 18th show. You can also listen to my podcast, my Facebook premiere show or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition for upcoming community events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that i have on the show today please call the show at 1-855-411-50 again that's one or online at themoneyhour.com and now continued conversation with louie O'Connor of Strategic Metal Invest find out about the metals that outperform gold every year right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, really enjoying my conversation uh, with you, Louie. And again, uh, first time that I've had somebody in to represent and talk about rare earth metals. So how liquid are rare earth metals?
2: Okay. good again uh, very very good question tina so as as i mentioned briefly um in the last segment that um the only end buyer for these raw materials are industry buyers whether that's tesla or apple computers or ford so there's no point in me or you for example having you know 100,000 dollars worth of gallium you know in a safe at home or you know yeah because you know unless we're going to start making phones or car batteries they're of no value to us you know so and the key thing is you know you must you know what i would say to anybody look i know actually we're the only industry buyer that offers this so you, you really have to be buying from an industry buyer and also that can guarantee and provide you with the exit and 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 that's what we do that's one of the main characteristics of the transaction is we have access to the buyers so we'll, we'll, we will liquidate, if somebody, you know, came to me sort of early in the day, and wanted to liquidate one metal or all the metals, we'll make them an offer that day and the transaction will complete in three to four working days. So they're, you know, four working days, five working days.
1: So easy liquidation and easy exit trend, um, transition.
2: Very, very smooth. Exactly. Really like gold or silver. I mean, the same paradigm and the same ease of, of entry and exit.
1: Okay. So let's talk about, uh, taxes because, uh, critically important to think about in where you're investing your money. Is there a transaction tax fee if you invest?
2: Right. So, um, it's the, the purchasing rare earths with us, for a North American client provides uh, geographic diversification. They're stored in Europe. Although you own them, you can, you can move them wherever you want, but we recommend you store them with us in Europe, and that's to do with liquidity and safety, and you don't break, break the, the chain of custody. Um, now, I'm as you know, I'm Irish, and uh, you don't want to listen to an Irish man talking about taxes in North America, so because I know nothing about it, right? Uh But um, I can talk about Europe. So um, our our storage facility in Frankfurt is a bonded um, duty-free zone. So it's just like storing in Switzerland or Singapore. What that means to the private investor is they pay no VAT um, when they purchase or sell if they've held the metals for a minimum of one year. So there's no taxes in Europe whatsoever. However, obviously you know capital gains in the US is you know that's out of my remit obviously
1: yeah okay so the his historically they've been profitable for investors correct
2: yes well would you believe Tina that um this this sort of option has only been available to private investors since 2010 wow. prior to that um, you know, that's probably why I would imagine most, if not all, of your audience are, are only hearing about this for the first time because we started in Europe, and we've, although we've been doing it about ten or twelve years, we haven't done any marketing really outside of Europe um, until very, very recently. Um, so, historically speaking, um, you can only go back about ten years, and um, you know, I'm happy to report they. To be honest with you, the first sort of from about 2010 to about 2016, 2017, they were profitable, but they haven't, they didn't sort of increase as much as they have been in the last five years. And the reason for that is the demand is is worldwide, the demand is surging.
1: Yes, and it sounds like it's going to continue to do so.
2: It absolutely will. I mean, just uh, funny enough, I was just reading again, and I'm 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 speaking a, quite a bit about North America, obviously because you're in the US and your 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 clients would sort of identify with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For example, the US Army just announced that they want they will field an all-elect an all-electric non-tactical fleet by two thousand and thirty-five. Okay. and that they will field an all-electric tactical fleet by 2050 that's the entire fleet of the u.s army that's just one phase of it you know uh for you know all the, the big three manufacturers are going all electric so you know we're just going through this sort of great transition for us i mean for somebody who invests in rare earths, uh, to to uh, electric mobility solar power And these raw materials are critical and irreplaceable to that transition.
1: Yes. So what are the average games per annum for the last five years?
2: Right. So um, um, I'll break it down a little bit. Um, There's there's 10 rare earths we offer, and about five of them are sort of in all modern technology. And then another four or five are in what we let's call the green metal. So... Uh, electric cars, solar power, uh, wind power, the, the metals um, that are needed in, in, in uh, sustainable energy have been going up in value uh, a bit, but there's more demand for them and, and, and that's not going to change. So, so they're increasing um, 40, 50% a year. Whereas the technology metals are more eighteen to twenty-five to thirty percent, but probably best to give you an average. On average, and we recommend if somebody's investing. By the way, the minimum investment is only ten thousand dollars.
1: Okay. And
2: um, for like for example, for thirteen thousand dollars, an investor can buy one kilo of every metal we offer. So that's a very stable sort of diversified portfolio to begin with and that's what we recommend because nobody can tell the future nobody can say there's going to you know nobody knows i mean we do know demand is increasing so we recommend it's just safer to buy all 10 and if you bought all 10 five years ago you'd be up um on average 34 percent a year so um you know very good returns every
0: year
1: Yes, so we talked about the you shared the pros and, and the cons, and what else could you see that could go wrong in the investment?
2: Um, I think I think again um, the rare earths are not at all correlated to the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. They're purely like supply and demand are purely in charge here, nothing else. And I don't think as anybody would argue that demand is is going to decrease i mean it's just not going to happen i mean like using modern technology for example um, even in the developed world we have all these great devices but we're constantly sort of upgrading them and replacing them and of course the manufacturers come out with a new phone or new this every so often and the kids want it for christmas so so where 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 the, the um, the devices are already prevalent. The demand is still increasing there. And then we look at um, the BRICS: uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, who are delivering hundreds of millions of people into the middle class, you know, all the time. When people get more money, then they also, you know, they spend it on more luxury stuff. So, again, more demand there for technology. And then this transition to uh, greener energy is a big, big player. So. I don't see any, absolutely, you know, I, I don't think anyone would argue demand will increase. Yeah. Um, where the risk is, is just if if one particular metal becomes redundant, if it's, you know, if they find a better technology or a better metal to replace, let's say, neodymium, which is at the moment in all, in supermagnets for car batteries. So they might find something that works better. Yeah. Um, and then you might possibly see, as well more production of a certain metal or something like that, you know, just you know the price the prices actually fluctuate on a daily basis, but not too much. And they steadily sort of increase at the moment.
1: Yeah. Well no matter what you invest in, uh there there are risks attached for sure. There's nothing that is um a guarantee that nothing is going to go wrong. So Louis, where so where would you see the biggest growth potential?
2: um oh you have me there Tina um let me think about that one i think um i think uh you know green energy um just to give you an idea here in europe because of the russia ukraine situation uh europe is sort of definitely 100% weaning their dependence off russian oil and gas so already just since this situation evolved um in fact, in Ireland here in the west coast of Ireland, we're going to see wind farms. There's a joke going around that you know the Middle East has oil, China has rare earths, and Ireland has wind. <laughs> so, um, and then nor- in northern Germany and the North Sea, they're looking at wind you know uh, wind farms there as well. So, uh, there's going to be huge growth there. There's there's about two tons of rare earths in just one wind turbine, uh-huh. um, because they're light. And weight is very important, you know, for the balance in wind turbines. So yeah, if I was a betting man, I would say, um, the, the metals that are, are needed in electric cars, uh, wind turbines, and also solar energy, they're improving solar. Um, the, the potency and the strength of, of solar all the time, just, just on a side note, for example, in a, in the very near future. And this technology was actually created in the U.S. in the last few years. Um, because of indium, uh, you won't need to charge your your smartphone or your Fitbit because it'll charge automatically. And um, because of the because of uh, indium, also um, the roof on the car and even the even the side of the of a car and the side of a building because of because of thin film uh, solar technology, they will charge. So. There's a sort of a revolution coming in green energy and rare earths are playing a critical role.
1: So why is there not more representation in investing in rare earth metals?
2: Well, traditionally, um, I don't want to say it's a closed industry, but most um, uh, industry suppliers um, are, are big, you know, and they're very sort of, you know, they've got their hands full of what they do. Uh-huh. And, and brokers like ourselves are usually, you know, quite big because they're, they're working with, you know, multinationals and conglomerates and stuff like that. Our business is, is privately owned. It's, it's a family run business that started 30 years ago. And um, I suppose just our, our, our CEO is a little bit more entrepreneurial and, and able to sort of make a decision. And he had an idea where, well, if people are interested in gold or silver why not rare earths and you know he's in this unique position to be able to because we do guarantee to liquidate the the assets and you know if that wasn't in place there'd be no point in doing it you know now will we see some competition in the future Mm -hmm. maybe um but it's not an easy industry to, to to get into you know
1: yeah Well, great conversation that I'm having uh, with Louis O'Connor of Strategic Metal Invest. And coming up on the Money Hour, next continued conversation, find out about the metals that outperform gold every year.
3: Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 a.m. KKNW, the Saturday, June 18th show. You can also listen to my podcast. You can catch my show on the show Facebook Premiere or at the show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming community events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week, the best of the best experts in our market on everything regarding your money. And now continued conversation with Louis O'Connor of Strategic Metal Invest. Find out about the metals that outperform gold every year right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So Louie, I would love for you to share uh, with my listeners, what life experience brought you into this industry?
2: Well, um, would you believe actually, it was in the US when I, I first heard about this this opportunity. It was actually in Las Vegas at the the Freedom Fest. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have um, not. Okay. It's, it's a sort of a, I suppose you might say it's a is it libertarian would that be the right word it's 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 all about investing and freedom fest. so you know um and they offer a lot of sort of diverse alternative sort of investments and stuff and and i i was sort of privy to a discussion somebody was almost an argument rather than a discussion about you know gold versus rare earths. and uh, i didn't think at that time it was possible uh, to own rare earths as physical assets. I, I knew you could invest in in mining and share, you know, shares and things like that. So I was interested at the very beginning uh, as an investor. And then I sort of made up my mind, I would sort of do some due diligence. And as I said, the um, the business is, is in Europe. Um, Tradium, the, the metal supplier who the, the investors are purchasing from, are um in you know the financial district in frankfurt they're they're been in the industry for 30 years the vault is in the financial district the, the, the actually good story with the the storage facility was originally an underground bunker an air raid bunker in world war ii which they bought and converted it to a bank level secure vault so you know i, I sort of you know did my due diligence i found out that In Germany, they call this vault a German Fort Knox because it has the largest uh, inventory of rare earths. Mm
0: -hmm. They
2: also store precious metals there and they they store um, uh, palladium group metals for industry uh, suppliers as well. And so, you know, once I'd done my due diligence, I was interested and coincidentally, they were expanding the storage facility to sort of three times its capacity and sort of wanted to offer the the investment to more of an international audience for the first time, and I sort of I came on board as the sort of agent for Ireland, UK, and 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 I want and North America. I've never lived in the US, but I I, I worked many years ago with the US military in Europe. I've got a great uh, fondness and affinity uh, for America, and you know America has been very good to us Irish people. Emigrate, you know, mm. we've been we've been arriving over there for 200 years and getting a a great welcome and stuff. So, so, and I know U S investors, in my opinion, now I'm European, but you U S investors are a bit more sophisticated than Europeans. Uh And what I mean by that is they, they have more of a curiosity and an appetite and an innovative sort of a thought process and will look at things closely and do their due diligence. And they just have, you know, more of an open mind, and I thought, yeah. I'm pretty sure people in the US will like it. Look, it's profitable. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah,
1: we we like things that are profitable for sure.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Louis, what's the what's the new big thing that you're working on in your in your business?
2: Well, um, mostly this, which is, um, and thank you for having me, because what I want to do is is reach out to North America. I mean, look, we. We, we can't there's a limit on what we can do as well but you know as i said unbelievably we've done no marketing uh, in the u.s in the last 12 years and and i've just begun so you know i want to just um, spread the word yeah. uh hopefully maybe some some uh, you know i already actually have u.s clients but but hopefully more people will hear about it and maybe come and and uh, and check us out and do their due diligence and you know Check out the vault and drink some German beer and
1: oh you know. I love that. Oh, that sounds a, that sounds amazing. So uh what is your biggest challenge right now that you are that you're personally uh dealing with in your business?
2: Well, you know, um I, I tend to have a sort of a I was gonna say philosophical, more of a spiritual approach um
3: uh-huh.
2: to, to how I do things. Um, you know, one of the great and I heard this from a U.S. Um, Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan priest, and he, he's he's in New Mexico, I think. He's more of a, I would say, a Christian mystic, and he talks about that all um, all wisdom and love comes doesn't come from success; it comes from continued failure. You know,
1: yeah. Um,
2: so, um, you know, and he talks about that, like uh, using, I think, the analogy of a chair that you know there's four legs on a chair and um you know we have a sort of a spiritual life is one emotional mental and physical and he talks that if we he talks that if you get the spiritual aspect of life right you don't have to worry about anything else you know if you're living your life well if you're sort of trying to be you know the person you want to be then you don't have to worry too much and and that's sort of my approach which is you know coming here today for example it's a great you know experience for me and all i have to do is sort of show up and share my knowledge but there's a lot more to it than that which is you're here your team is here the technology that helped us be here so there's all these you know there's a lot of good energy at work for us and i just sort of try to fill my boots as best i can and then let it go you know so in in that way, I don't, the only challenge I have is just on a daily basis to make sure, you know, I, I live responsibly, you know, I'm a family man, um, you know, and at the end of the day, sort of, you know, do some, I suppose, self-examination. And if I've done things the best I can, then I let it go after that.
1: Yeah, such great, uh, great advice for sure. Um, I definitely believe that every challenge is an opportunity. Uh, being a keynote speaker and sharing my story, I believe that every tragedy has a triumph. The question is, is whether you've created that space not to miss that opportunity on the other side, and not to say even if you've created a really great uh, personal mastery space, you're not going to be able to get it every time and you've got you have to embrace that process. And like you said, put your boots on, uh, move over and start uh, the next day. So there's a Mm -hmm. reason the universe is balanced. And there's a reason it's that way. So uh, nothing is going to run perfect all the time. What about a recent success story that you can share with one of your uh your clients?
2: Well, um I had a great conversation with a gentleman from Tennessee and um he's he's, he's sort of we come from two different worlds like he's sort of a uh you know, I'm not going to do the southern accent but you know, he he's a gold boy. That would be good it, to
1: hear it, you do a southern accent. It, it, it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: yeah
2: i don't I embarrass myself I but i'll do it a spot, little louis. bit yeah. i'll do a little bit to me. he said louis he said he, he's an admitted gold bug and he said i like my gold you know close to home you know and i think what he meant was he had it out in the backyard buried somewhere and he said um so why why would i you know he was basically saying you need to sell me on the idea of why would i store metals in in a in a in a vault in germany and he said <laughs> in a very funny way like you know. Crazy Irish man, what, you know, you know, so, but, um, but we just had a great conversation. And I said, well, look, I said, if, um, if all my assets and all my, are in one country and in one currency, then surely some international diversification would, would help, you know, I mean, Germany is a sort of a, it's one of the leading trading economies in the world. It's one of the most industrial nations in the world. Um, and it's one of the safest countries in the world to do business and like just maybe using the us as an example i'm not sure exactly what the distance is but say between seattle and new york it's probably similar distance to frankfurt so it's not all that far away especially within the eu the eu is very safe to do business mm-hmm. um so you know he we, we had a good conversation and and uh, and and also uh, he came on board as a client so it's just great to find common ground and be able to to continue and, and talk with people. And it wouldn't have mattered really if, if we didn't do business and um, we'd still, we still learned something from each other, I suppose. I mean, I love meeting new people. I mean, um, yeah. you just learn something. If, you know, if you're, if you want to sort of, if you've got a bit of curiosity, you learn something every conversation, you know? Yeah.
1: What's a lesson that you've, uh, that you've learned recently in, in an experience that you've had, that you see uh, a different way of doing it next time around as a business owner?
2: Oh, um, very, very good question, Tina. Um, uh, I think it always sort of comes back to, I suppose, resilience, perseverance might be the right word. And you mentioned it a few minutes ago is, you know, it, it doesn't, happen the way i always wanted to happen and, yeah. and why should it like you know and you know you know only the creator of the universe is is you know i'm a small part of this thing mm-hmm. and um i just think you know you know i think life is sometimes about learning sometimes the same simple lessons again and again and again yeah. you know? um and i think it i think it's you mentioned it as well as sort of suit up and boot up suit up and show up and just you know if you if you have a dream if you have a goal the somewhere you want to get you know it's all about you know take one step forward you know the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step Mm -hmm. and now I've had some setbacks because I moved back to Europe specifically to sort of set up this business and I moved about a month before we went into lockdown so there was like a year 18 months on hold you know Um, but, you know, I just, I still had my, I suppose the goalposts were moved, but, um, you know, the plan was always to get there. So I, I suppose it's just keep going, you know, just don't, don't, don't give up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you don't have setbacks, you're not reaching far enough. And, um, you know, my personal motto is live your dream now. And it's about embracing every second of the day. And through that process you'll live an extraordinary life your ordinary moments become extraordinary and your extraordinary become your defining moment so just as you said louie uh you know making one small advancement and you know if you wake up my goal every day is to wake up and be an inspiration to at least one person and to be a little bit better just a little bit better today than i was yesterday and that is a simple task that i can do every day and it has a massive ripple effect you know whereas a lot of times people look at that it's important to have a a a dream and a vision of that dream what it looks like at the end of it at the end of that journey not worry about anything in the middle it's it's right now today and that small step that you need to take and the vision of what it looks like at the end and if you focus on today's step and the vision at the end and you forget everything else that it's going to take in the middle i believe that's how you accomplish big things
2: Well, thank you for that. You just affected me there with what you said. I mean, I love that. Um, You said a lot. um, But yeah, it's powerful stuff, actually. Very, very good stuff. Thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What about a favorite book?
2: Oh, um, I do try to read, you know, a lot um, Uh because it's a lovely journey, isn't it? When you, you know, like the TV does tries to do your thinking for you and tell you what a book you your imagination you know um what what comes to mind is um uh, victor frankl's um man's search for meaning oh and but i frankl,
1: haven't read that one i'll have to do that
2: oh, yeah v- victor frankl was a young psychiatrist that went to auschwitz and he used his time there to try and survive i suppose There's a bit of a study as well on you know how did some people survive and some didn't but there's a lot of pearls in there but the one big takeaway is he said that um everything can be taken away from a person uh, everything yeah. except what he called the last of the human freedoms and he said the last freedom is our our choice to respond to outwardly what happens to us or what's taken away we've always got a choice on there's a sort of a pause he said when something happens to us whether it's physical or psychological Mm -hmm. and in that pause is all all spiritual growth because we get a chance to act in anger or in compassion or in love and it's just such a powerful powerful message that knowing because you hear people talk about freedom and oppression and this and the lesson I learned from that is we're always free we just have we have to make the choice to be free. Yeah, It's very difficult to live that sometimes, you know? I mean, not that I live up to that in any way, but I try to remember it as best I can, you know?
1: Well, when you're in the moment, it, it can be, but if you have experiences that you can go back to, that's what leads me forward in, in you know, my my challenging days and for sure the next tragedy that'll hit because guaranteed uh, we're all going to face them and continue to face them. Yeah, my biggest uh, professional uh, challenge was the financial meltdown, and you know, literally losing almost everything that we had. I was ready to give up the mortgage industry, and I, I went online to search for some inspiration. I was in the office really late. I'm in tears, and I'd been in the mortgage industry since uh, 1995, and you know, I, I'd been very successful, and literally overnight, having that uh, taken away, and I went online and I found uh, perception videos on. Um, the monkey illusion. I don't know if you've seen it, but you need to you should watch that. and it, it's really about perception. And what I took away from that was that as challenging as the market was, there has to be an opportunity, a hidden opportunity that I obviously was not seeing in that moment. when I really changed my mindset of what is it, you know, and I believe, uh, you know, you should wake up every morning and make a statement. But at, more importantly than just the statement, you have to open a question around that statement because we've all heard statements are closed-ended, questions are open-ended. So if you open a question around the statement or the intent you have for the day, it creates curiosity. And that's mm-hmm. where those opportunities come in. So when I really asked myself the question, well, what is the, what is the hidden opportunity? And all of a sudden it came to me, 70% of my competitors are gone. Literally, <laughs> they've already quit. And so I realized that there was huge opportunity. And then, you know, very quickly, I turned a tragic professional space into an opportunity space. And obviously, uh, years later, 27 years in the industry, I'm here. So it's it's creating that different mindset around, you know, what that challenge is. Yeah. So um, advice that you, uh, quick advice that you have for somebody that's listening to the show, if they want to get more information on what you have to offer.
2: Uh, I was going to say, listen more to Tina if you're looking for advice. <laughs> deep, but, um, so sweet. you ended it with what I do. So um, yeah. So our website is Strategic Metals Invest, and, and my email I'll be is I'll give you my personal email, and people can mention uh, Tina. Uh, it's Louis L O U I S at Strategic
1: Wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and I'm glad I was able to give you the entire show and we could open up our last segment uh, a little bit personally as well. That was a great conversation. And yes, if you also want to connect with Louis, you can call the show at one 855 411 or you can go online at themoneyr.com. So Louis, thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time with you.
2: Thank you, Tina. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Likewise, Tina Mitchell, your host and local mortgage expert. Got to sign off. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday and your weekend. Look forward to talking more money with you next weekend right here on 1150 AM
0: KKNW. Gina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.